Welcome to the Rural Births podcast. This podcast was created to record and share stories from the many rural women who have birthed, to allow them to voice their experience and learn from them. I want rural women who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or entering their postpartum period to feel supported and know that, although care may be via distance, there are options. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced on you and country. We acknowledge the innate birthing Hi. wisdoms and traditions Hi. held by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of this land. We remember the first women of this nation, the custodians of land and birth, who birthed on country in culture and tradition. Here, as we share in stories, stories of birth, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum experiences from remote, rural and outer regional communities, may we remember and stand for the cultural significance of birth, women's business and birthing on country. May we nurture and support women through this rite of passage as we hear of possibilities ignited and limitations created. May we share in the power of storytelling and memory as we listen and learn from these birth stories. And may we always remember the ancestral wisdoms belonging to the country these birth stories occur on today. is with Kat. Kat lives on her family's rural property Derry Downs in Queensland with her husband and their daughter Charlotte. Both Kat and her husband work for local area health whilst also managing stock on their land. The closest town to their property is Roma which has a birthing facility however when Kat first fell pregnant she elected to birth on the Sunshine Coast at Burdurham. Birdram had a home-like aesthetic with a double bed and allowed partners to stay too. This appealed to Kat and she really appreciated this continuity of support as her husband was present continuously throughout their hospital stay. In preparation for birth, Kat read Juju Sundin's birth skills and accessed prenatal yoga classes after relocating, participating both independently and as a couple with her husband. This combination of reading, research and practical classes gave Kat strategies she could actively apply during labour and birth. Kat went into labour naturally late at night. She didn't transfer to hospital until the following morning. After a while, her labour had not progressed 
and she was offered the choice to intervene or to pursue C-section. Kat and her husband decided to move to an unplanned C-section. She was moved to theatre and it wasn't long before they discovered they'd had a daughter. Kat shares her positive experience with unplanned C-section and how the strategies she'd learned through her study of yoga for birth could be used for any birth. Kat has a really positive mindset and a calm approach. And as she's expecting her second child, she intends to reactivate her choices and pursue yoga for birth again, because she believes the best way to approach the uncertainty of birth is through cultivating a sense of calm. So my name is Catherine Ballon um, and I go by Kat usually. Um, I live with my husband and my daughter Charlotte who is now 14 months um, and we live in southwest Queensland um, on a property uh, 55 kilometres from Roma. Okay. Yeah. And have you always lived rurally or did you move inland? Yeah, so I, this is my family's property. Um, so my brother and I inherited it from, um, our dad when he passed away about six years ago. Um, so I went away for year 11 and 12 and for uni and then I came back, um, yeah, and took over the, the property where Owen and I moved back and we've been here. Yeah. Ever since. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that would have, um, then your vision of birth, were you the youngest or were you the oldest? Like, did you see... Um, your mum pregnant like what kind of influenced you and your vision of what birth could be like before you fell pregnant yeah um so I'm the youngest it's just my brother and I and he's three years older um and he doesn't have any kids or anything um I guess my mum did family daycare um so I guess I saw a lot um I had a lot to do with babies and kids and I guess people that were pregnant um that sort of way yeah um just family friends i guess but probably never i don't know i've always wanted kids um yeah i'm from a young age i've always loved kids and always wanted a family um but i guess never really thought about birth i guess it's not really yeah. something i never thought about birth until i was pregnant and it's like oh well you know <laughs> the baby's gonna come out some way <laughs> yeah and what were kind of um things you started to discover were available or weren't available when you did fall pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did, so my mum, um, lived at Sunshine, lives at the Sunshine Coast. Um, and we had a family friend who had a baby and she had her first baby at Budrum, um, private hospital. Um, and I remember going there, this was well, I think I would have been Oh, early 20s and so not even thinking yeah, about yeah. having babies and I remember going in there and being like wow this place is kind of cool it's like I want to have my babies here um and then you know just things that you think when you're 20 and then never crossed my mind again um until yeah probably when when I fell pregnant well you know we started trying to have a baby yeah yeah and you said you work for local area health service as well yeah yeah so um 
my husband and I both work for, well, I'm on maternity leave, um, both work for the, yeah, the local health service. He's a dietitian and I worked um, as a business manager, mm -hmm. um, which I guess we both think the health service is fantastic and offers um, a lot of services, but our personal choice was, yeah, to not, um, yeah, birth in Roma. Um, we're both, I guess, private kind of people. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, so, yeah, we didn't want to, we didn't want to birth somewhere where, you know, we see everyone every day and. And yeah, that does make sense. Quite private. Yeah. How far did you have to travel then from your home to get to your hospital on the sun, Sunshine Coast? Um, so I actually had to Google how many kilometres it was. Um, <laughs> and it's 650 kilometres from home, um, yeah. which is, is a lot. But I guess when you live rurally, you're used to it. Um, mm. You know, we always have weddings and birthday parties and Christmas, everything for us is traveling at least 500 kilometers sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not a big deal. You sort of just get in the car and you go. Mm. It's more of a big deal now when you have baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a big, it just doesn't seem like such a big deal. Mm. And yeah. um, you said that when you had walked in there in your twenties, you went, wow, these like, this place is awesome. What was it about their facilities kind of that flashed out and appealed to you? Yeah. Um, I guess they had their own room and her husband was allowed to stay. Um, yeah. And they just, it just looked like a big bedroom kind of thing. It just looked really homely. It didn't feel like a hospital. There was no, you know, ugly curtain. There wasn't that awful smell. <laughs> um yeah, it just looked like a big bedroom kind of thing. I think that's probably what, I don't know, maybe Bringing something the home might. back into hospital birth sounds great. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of hospitals that have double beds and stuff, and I'm like, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. And, yeah, it was. it's really cool. <laughs> so um, when did you kind of start your care with them then? Um, so we did everything with the, I guess, midwife, GP and our obstetrician. It wasn't until we went down there, I can't really remember when, but it was like later in the pregnancy and you meet up yeah. with the midwives from, well, one of the midwives from the hospital and you do a tour. Um, and we yeah. did a, um, like a class, like a birthing class. Mm -hmm. um, and we also did a first aid, like a baby CPR and first aid course while we were there as well. Okay, so they were all, all kind of able to fit your appointment in near when those classes were happening, so it was just one trip. Yeah, yeah, we did it over the weekend, and then on a Monday, I think, or Friday, but it, yeah, it was over, over a weekend, which was really good. Mm. And you said that you... Um, had kind of a bit of a joy of a pregnancy. Uh, I think you might have even said that it was a boring pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of um, easy going in a sense. Yeah, it was. Um, 
I guess I didn't really have morning sickness. Um, yeah. I remember I was tired um, for the, I guess, first trimester, probably like just a couple of weeks in first trimester, just ridiculously tired for, I thought, absolutely no reason. You know, you think this mm. thing's the size of a poppy seed. How <laughs> are my eyes falling out of my head? Um, but yeah, I didn't really have morning sickness. Um, didn't have any issues with blood pressure or, um, I didn't get gestational diabetes. Um, no like swelling. Um, yeah, pretty cruisy felt. Yeah. Pretty good. Just had a, a big belly. (laughs) Yeah. What season were you pregnant through as well? Um, so Charlotte was born in August. Nice. So it was, Uh, yeah, cooler. Yeah. (laughs) You can run really hot in pregnancy that being pregnant through winter can actually be a blessing. It's turn the gas heaters off. We got this. Yeah, I definitely did run hot. Um, But yeah, didn't make a difference in winter. It was probably nice. Yeah. So how did you find it um, with traveling a bit later in your pregnancy for that kind of 600 kilometer drive into the Sunshine Coast? Um. To be honest, I am the worst travel partner in the world, my poor husband. Um, I sleep. I get in a car and I just fall asleep. So for me, it's like a really long day now. (laughs) Um, I don't really remember being super uncomfortable. I never stopped sleeping. I just packed my pillow and... (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So um, you did the hospital courses, but did you seek any other courses or were there any books that you kind of lent into and went, yeah, I'm really getting a lot from this? Yeah, um, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, um, but the Birth Skills book by... Oh, I know um, the one. Yeah. Juju. Yeah. Students or something like that. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed that book. read through that, um, made my own little, um, like affirmation cards, I guess you would call them. Yeah. Um, yes, both my husband and I, um, are quite into anatomy and physiology. We did that in our studies at uni. Um, and just, yeah, the, the process of birth from a, like that sort of process was really interesting. Um, and a lot of the like mind over matter reducing like the fear of birth. I was really big into that. Um, started mm. looking into hypnobirthing and I did really want to do um, the course. Never got around to doing it online. Yeah. Just one of those things that didn't happen. Um, but while I was at, cause I had to go to the, I went to the Sunshine Coast um, from 36 weeks. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, um, I did a yoga, yoga for birth classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really amazing. It was, I guess, a speed course on hypnobirthing and just sort of yeah. something and everything um, that I'd read and looked into. Um, just about reducing, yeah, the fear that is, I guess, built up around birth or what I found um everyone's happy to tell you their horror stories and 
everything Mm. like that. Um, And I just felt with doing that yoga classes, um, I had a really good connection, I guess, with my pregnancy and I felt really calm um, and I really enjoyed it um, so much that when Rowan came down, um, like the two weeks later, he came down when I was 38 weeks pregnant. We did a private class with Carrie um, and it was really good just sort of, I guess, let him know everything that I had been learning um, about breathing, movement, um, different like, yeah, the pain management techniques, I guess, um, and how he could help. Um, And I really, yeah, it was amazing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of strategies did she offer for like him to help you? Was it like holding you in certain ways or support? Yeah. So it was lots of, um, just lots of different, I guess, easy little things. Um, and then a way of me being able to tell him what I would like him to do, um, without using words or whatever. So it was like pressing on my lower back, um, just oh, I can't even remember this is really you know massaging my shoulders um I just think like with breathing um there was a lot of breathing sort of stuff um slowing down breathing a lot of movement like swaying um and yeah a lot of act like a lot of active birth stuff I guess so a lot with um the ball um on the yoga mats, moving around, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, would you tell us a bit about your birth story then? Um, yeah. You relocated at 36 weeks and you had this course and so your yeah. um, husband was then down with you from 38 weeks. Um, what was those kind of final weeks like and when did you go into labour or were you induced? Yeah, um, so we, it kind of just dragged on a bit <laughs> after being away from home for so long and I'm a bit of a homebody, mm. um, just sort of, we were cruising along and kind of, yeah, it was, didn't do a lot, just did a lot of cleaning up my mum's house. I guess mum's pretty lucky. I nested in her house and helped her tidy everything and go yeah. through old packing um yeah so we planned to go to the zoo um the next day to Australia Zoo to have a walk around and because I was 40 weeks so I went into labor then at 10 30 p.m um well my waters broke mm-hmm. um I was my mom seems to think that I might have been in labor during the day but we were fixing her front fence and I was on the drill and I don't really remember anything different. <laughs> um, and yet 10.30, I was lying in like mum's TV room and Rowan was watching the TV and I was watching our wedding video. Um, and I just heard these two weird like click sounds. Um, and then I sort of got up and then I was like, Rowan, I think I've wet myself or I think my water's broken or I don't really know and the both of us just sort of 
went into like complete, like everything that you've learned about, you know, what you do out the window, no idea what we were supposed to do. Like, do we call an ambulance? Do we call the doctor? Do we call the hospital? You know, what, what, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> so the baby was just going to fall out on the floor, like in any moment. Um, and then I guess, yeah, after we got over that initial excitement, um, yeah, we called the hospital and they just said, you know, look, just try and go to sleep, have a rest and, you know, give us a call back in the morning or if anything changes or that sort of thing. Um, I remember, yeah, I didn't have any contractions probably for about 10 minutes or so. Um, and yeah, I guess it's something that I didn't know much about, like when your water breaks, I thought that like your water breaks and then that was it. Um, yeah. Hello Hollywood. Yeah. Keeps coming from everywhere and every time the baby moves or you move, it's just, um, so that was, yeah, interesting. Um, and then, yeah, we just tried to go to sleep, but that didn't sort of work. Mm -hmm. Um, the contraction sort of started, um, and then kept going, um, I guess, or overnight. Um, and we just spent most of the time. I had a big gym ball, um, either laying on that or swaying up against the wall. Um, and then we ended up going into the hospital at about 5.30 a.m. Um, was having like contractions like every couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was only, only eight minutes to the hospital, which was nice and yeah. short, um, and had a few contractions in the car and in the car park and we got into the hospital and, um, everything was, seemed pretty normal, I guess. Um, and yeah, I got hooked up onto the little belly. They put a strap around your belly and. Yeah, yeah. That can be quite restraining as well. Um, I personally yeah. found, like, when I got all strapped into the CPG, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, I want to walk and move and do all these things. And I can slide off the side of the bed, but I'm still pretty isolated. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Just sort of, I guess I moved a lot and then you just sort of have to sit there for a while. Um, there was a lot of leg moving going on from me. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I guess, I can't remember how long I had to have that on for, but I don't think it was very long. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, yeah, got that off and continued on a merry way. Um, and did you find, um, what did you find you wanted during labour? Were you kind of going inside yourself or did you want physical touch and support? Um, I had my eyes closed the whole time I think I really don't remember seeing very much at all um very internal I guess it was just um Rowan and I um we didn't really have a lot to do with the midwives um and yeah I guess from what I'd read and done in the classes um and everything the room was dark and um we had our own like little diffuser thing that had um, like oils and had like relaxing music 
sort of playing. It's probably not really relaxing if I played it now for Ron. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just sort of kept going like that for a while. Um, and then I remember they did a check um, and I was three centimetres dilated. Um, and we just sort of kept going. Um, and I thought everything was, you know, going along swimmingly. Um, we spent a lot of time like in the shower, I guess. Um, that's, I, I found that really helpful. Yeah. Um, like having the hot water, like on my back and then also like on my tummy as well. There were like two shower heads. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just moving around in the shower and on the gym ball and we just walked around in the room, I guess. Um, and yeah, that sort of, I guess, just <laughs> kept going on. I don't really remember a lot, to be honest. I definitely was in some form of trance, I guess. Um, yeah, which I think all, is very normal. Yeah. Like heaps of people kind of talk about that different headspace that you go to I've, I've heard people say like um they feel like they go to the stars to pick their baby out of the stars kind of thing like they're in that um very well just somewhere else <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know when you when i think about it i was definitely somewhere else i remember just being so focused on meeting Charlotte like I was just so I, we didn't know it was a girl we didn't know what gender mm -hmm. um we were having but I was just so excited about finding out what gender the baby was and meeting the baby and holding the baby and I guess I just you know the little mantras that I'd written down and read in books and seen on Pinterest and all that sort of thing I just kept saying them in my head over and over again um yeah it was and quite yeah so how long were you in labor before they made the decision to move to a c-section um so we just sort of like that just sort of kept going and they checked a couple of other times and i never progressed past three centimeters mm -hmm. um like my contractions got closer together and longer and stronger and all of that um but she just wasn't coming down or out or, yeah. or what was happening um and they said to us so the obstetrician had been in a couple of times um and then she came in i think it must have been about 4 30 in the afternoon mm -hmm. um and they just might have been a phone call actually I'm not sure. <laughs> I okay. was in my own little world. Um, and then, yeah, I remember she came in or somebody said something um, that, yeah, they could either induce, like, induce me further, like, take, start doing, like, interventions, I guess you'd call it, um, or we could go, could go for a cesarean. Um, so we spoke about it, um, and one of the midwives 
sort of pulled Rowan aside and said, look, I'm not pressuring you in any way or anything like that. Um, she said, you know, I've seen, you know, this before in my many years um, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with my contractions or anything. Um, you know, you can go down the road of interventions, but sometimes that just leads to an I, yeah, I guess what I had was an emergency cesarean, but it wasn't an, an emergency. I wasn't a, a mad yeah. rush because there was something wrong with either myself or the baby. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so Rowan and I spoke about it and yeah, we, we thought that going for a cesarean would be the better option. Um, and at that point, um, I don't remember having any pain. I guess with my contractions, um, just a lot of pressure. I remember when we sort of made that decision that I was going to have a cesarean, the first thing that went through my mind was I'm not going to be able to feed the pigs. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. And I just started crying. <laughs> um, I don't know why, because I don't think that you could carry 20 kilo of feed bags after you have a baby in any way. Um, and I remember having three painful contractions after that. Um, and then I just sort of said to Rowan and thought to myself, like, I can't do this. I can't have this pain for the next however long, you know, until we actually have the cesarean. Um, and so we just went back into, um, I guess, that little trance world. Of, um, yeah, and it just went it just went back to being excited about meeting our baby and um yeah it was it was all really really good and then I guess it's a bit different because then you go into um we went into like I had to get into like a gown and into the chair like a wheelchair to go up to surgery to prep for all of that um and I had a few like painful contractions then because I couldn't get up and walk around and move yeah. I definitely found that moving um yeah helped with the pain mm. um and but it was really um I guess not stressful if that I don't know if that makes sense yeah um, I like um I, whilst it was unplanned it didn't have that like panic associated with emergent situations yeah yeah um yeah there was yeah no real panic I guess about it um and yeah so um what do you remember most about the moment that Charlotte was born um so I Definitely, I remember like being in the like in the room, um, and I remember shivering a lot, like which I apparently is the medication that you get. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember them lifting, like lifting her up. They sort of like dropped the sheet down and lifting her up, and then we saw that she was a girl, um, and that was, I guess what what I'd been like holding on to and like I just was waiting for that moment of mm. finding out whether she was a boy or a girl like I was just yeah. 
so excited to find out you yeah. know whether she was a boy or a girl and yeah we had a little girl and um they took her like showed showed her to us um and then she wasn't really respond well she was responsive she was fine but she wasn't screaming or anything and then they took her over and then she started crying and they yeah um gave her back she was on my chest like honestly I don't remember there being a time I could always see her like where they'd put her I could see her sort of thing yeah. um and then she was straight on my straight on my chest which was yeah incredible <laughs> did one of the nurses or someone capture that for you guys yeah yeah they um one of the nurses yeah she offered at the start she said oh bef like before we went into surgery she said oh I, you know I could take one of your phones and take some photos if you like she said you know you can always delete them but you can't get you them can't take I guess them that was yeah later <laughs> yeah um yeah so no we have have some lovely photos which is nice so once she was on your chest was she allowed to stay with you and come into recovery with you well, I thought that she was on my chest the whole time. Um, but uh, Rowan said that she was on my chest for a while and then he took her, um, he says, for probably about half an hour. And then okay. he met us in recovery. I must have had a sleep because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I don't remember that. So I don't remember, yeah, having like a, yeah, a separation from him or her. In my mind, she was on my chest the whole time, which I guess yeah. is nice. Obviously wasn't stressed. <laughs> Did um, anyone at the hospital take the time to come talk to you guys after and like while you were still in the hospital kind of debrief about your birth with you? Um, to be honest, I can't really remember. Um, yeah. We had lots of midwives and they were amazing. Um, yeah, they were all really good. I'm assuming that we must have spoken to someone. Our obstetrician came in and we spoke to her about it and she just sort of, um, yeah, spoke and just said, look, I think she was, you know, well, she was a big, a big baby. Um, and I just didn't progress for whatever reason that was. Um, mm -hmm. But to be completely honest, Ron and I were just so smitten and in love with Charlotte that, yeah, it just didn't matter, kind of, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't feel as though... Um, I didn't feel like we'd missed it, like anything, or I didn't feel, yeah, traumatised or anything like that. We're taking strides forward. Yeah. Um, we, I was just so happy to have her um, yeah. in my arms. Yeah. And so after you discharged from the hospital, did you stay locally yeah. for a while to be able to access stuff there still, or did you go straight home? Um, so we stayed in hospital, I think, for about five days. Mm -hmm. um, and Rowan stayed the whole time um, with me, um, which is definitely, was definitely something, I guess, we, we were always together. Um, we do everything together and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it without him there and with him if he had to leave at night, um, yeah. which was one of the big reasons why we wanted to go to Budrum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're in hospital for five, 
five nights and then we went to my mom's house just down the road for a couple of days mm -hmm. and then we went to Rowan's parents place in Toowoomba um, so yeah. halfway home and we stayed there for a few days and then we went home so we split the journey up um, which was yeah it was good how'd you find traveling with a newborn um, we were very blessed with Charlotte um, I think we stopped once to change a nappy between the coast and Toowoomba mm -hmm. um, and then yeah the same from Toowoomba to home um, she slept yeah she slept awesome. the whole way very <laughs> very lucky <laughs> yeah and was there anything like postpartum care for you when you got back home um, like was there a maternal child health care nurse or were there mothers groups or um, a play group or any way to connect with other people or um, anyone I guess who check in with you guys and see how it was all going because I think postpartum is kind of a area that a lot of rural women miss out on parts. Yeah yeah I think yeah that is definitely an area we're very lucky um, or we were very lucky. Um, I had the same, so we did a shared care with our obstetrician at the Sunshine Coast and then our GP. Um, and then we had one midwife. Um, so she was amazing. And they all just, we had all of our scans in Roma. Um, and most of our little checkups um, in, in Roma with the GP or the midwife. And then all the results just got sent to um, our obstetrician. Um, and yeah, when I got home from the hospital, um, Kelsey came out, out, came out to the property. So drove, yeah, the 55 kilometres, half dirt. Um, and she came to see me every week um, for the first six weeks, which is, yeah, that amazing. Very, you know, that we're very spoiled to have... Um, yeah, to have that service. Yeah. Well done, Roma. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. <laughs> and so what kind of things was she able to do when she came for her visits? Um, so she she's really, really cruisy. Um she just came in, make sure that everything was going okay. The umbilical cord that just weirded yeah. me out a bit check that. I remember texting her. If you know, she was really good. You could just text her photos and, you know, message her and, um, you know, during the week when she wasn't there. Um, yeah. Uh, just checked like my scar. Um, and so she was yeah, a, just the text away and was she on like public health? Like, so that's just something that was available. To... Yeah. That's yep, amazing. Yeah, that's our local, local health service. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Incredible. What a nice person to yes, give yeah. access like that. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, really, really, really fortunate to have to have those services in in Roma. And so what about connecting with um other mums or seeing other people in the area who had kids? Like I know you said that was your home, so did you already know people and have some of those? Yeah. Yeah, I already knew, um, like, a few people. Um, we did have people pop out to home um, to visit. Um, 
one of my surprise best friends. Surprise pop out or like no like, no okay. no surprise pop out. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, we didn't have a lot of visitors, um, but we did have, you know, people pop out. Um, always bought food, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, one of my best friends, she was pregnant at the time. Um, she came and stayed for a few days. Rowan had to go away for work. Um, so she came and stayed with me. Um, I am a very, um, very much a home person. Um, and I'm happy being at home. Um, and Rowan, he had some time off work once, once we were home. Um, and then he works here yeah, in town from eight till four thirty. So he's sort of home by five, six o'clock, um, every day. Nice. And yeah, there was, um, there is a, it's called New Parent Cafe mm-hmm. in town, um, which was every week. Um, you just catch up at the library and they usually have, um, so it's from the public system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they always have someone come down. Usually each week they have a different health professional. Um, so speechy dietitian, midwife, um, yeah. child health nurse, um, and they just do little talks and, um, yeah, just chat with other mums. Pretty much you just sit in a circle and chat and the babies, it's up to one-year-old. So the babies yeah. are all sort of different ages in the middle, um, cruising around with the toys and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it was just pop in, no pressure, I guess, which was good. You could go if you wanted to. Um, I just went and went to town for the you know, for the day, half a day sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so it sounds like that a lot of the stuff, if you needed it, you found a way to access it, whether it was, um, available locally and that you shared the care with the Sunshine Coast or during your, um, or from a book or during your 36 week relocation, um, that you were able to access stuff in the Sunshine Coast area as well. But on reflection, were there any supports that you needed that weren't available? Um, Thinking back, not really. I guess I possibly had a bit of a head start in the fact that both Ron and I had worked in the health system. So we knew knew where to find things or who to ask. Yeah. Um, But I guess the internet is a wonderful, you know, a wonderful tool. to help you find what you're, what you're looking for. Um, a lot of us have been talking about like the um, COVID factor has actually increased the internet accessibility now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Which, which I think is good for, um, in a way can be good for rural, the opening yeah. of telehealth being more, yeah, more used, um, mm. which is, yeah. Really and we're good. kind of appearing here and there out of the <laughs> works and people are going, oh, the rural market. It's like, yeah, we've yeah. been here for a while. <laughs> been here. <laughs> so um, what advice do you have um, for women whose plans um, change kind of during birth and um kind of both in the moment and then for after birth as well. Like how would you advise women to, um, who are in that circumstance? Yeah. Um, I guess 
just think about like what I, you know, tell myself second time round um, is, you know, think about what your end goal is. Um, you can get really focused on a plan um, of what will happen, but birth is, you know, you could talk to every woman in the whole entire world and no two women are going to have the same birth. Mm. Um, you know, there is no textbook birth. There is no way that you can control it. Um, and I think if you can let go of that and yes, of course have, you know, preferences and what you would prefer, but in the end, um, I guess for me, it was having a healthy me and a healthy baby and whatever gets you to that point. Um, yeah, if that's your main focus, um, yeah, of course have your preferences. Um, and so but be open because you're not going to be able to control it. And I guess the more you focus on trying to control the situation or plan what's exactly going to happen, um, you're probably just going to stress yourself out. And um, how has your first birth shaped your future plans? Um, so we are expecting Bob number two in February, <laughs> which is super exciting. Um, and to be honest, we're pretty much rolling down the same, down the same path Yeah. Um, of, yeah, shared care. We have the same midwife. We have Kelsey again, now GP, um, and the obstetrician, um, I guess COVID for us, we haven't, we just been doing telehealth with our obstetrician. Um, mm -hmm. we did go down and see her. Um, at 10 weeks and she said look you know all going well um, so far touch wood I'm having another boring pregnancy um, <laughs> um, yeah we don't have to go down and see her until 36 weeks um, mm -hmm. and yeah I guess this time around I guess having a cesarean the first time um, we're not um, we don't have to have a cesarean, um, but it will all just depend on what what happens during this pregnancy. And the obstetrician just sort of said to us, you know, we can talk about every possible thing that could happen, you know, in the next however many weeks, or we can have a chat at 36 weeks when we have the information and decide what's the best way for, um, you know, Bob to come into the world. Yeah. With us just fine because yeah in the end that's that's all we want is the baby healthy and me healthy and yeah see what what will happen are you going to try and tap into some of those courses in the sunshine coast again or um are you wanting to chase up hypnobirthing this time or just see um, kind of what happens when you reach the 36 weeks and if you feel like going to a course while you're there yeah um i think i definitely will um, look into doing the um, yoga, yoga for birth classes. Um, they were very, yeah, relaxing and calming. Um, and yeah, Carrie's definitely, um, you know, the whole way through, um, I guess her, like, you know, the mantra that she pushed was there's no right or wrong way to have a baby. Um, it's you and your baby and whatever, makes you feel the most comfortable 
um you know if you have yeah just as long as you know what your options are you have the you have the information and the knowledge to make in choices mm. um so yeah even i guess if we um are to have a planned cesarean i think i would still do um yeah the yoga for birth classes yeah it just is very yeah it was just very calming um yeah and got me into a very good yeah mindset i guess for even just motherhood um not just birth mm, i um i did the calm birth course and she really reiterated oh. as well that like yes yeah. um you can apply this to any birth it's applicable across all birthing scenarios and then yeah. i've heard other women in town say oh i still use my calm birth now like i'll be having a stressful day at work and i'll just go center into my calm birth space <laughs> wow it works you know I, probably just a really healthy mind frame thing for accepting uh this big thing that we enter into <laughs> when we yeah birth. yeah yeah no it is definitely um it definitely is like a, I don't know, like a different mind frame, I guess, that you get into, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like a, a focus and a, I don't know, I just find it really calming. I sort of get out of sometimes, yeah, it still helps me get out of the the panic of everyday living mm. sometimes. Yeah, just yes, totally pulls you, pulls you back down to, to earth a bit. <laughs> so, um on reflection um what do you think is kind of the different things um that rural birthing women need to think about um or what do you think they need to know exists so that they can access it yeah um i think definitely if you know um like think about what what you want you know what you want to have access to um how comfortable you would be in different circumstances um for me i'm very glad that we were um where we were having to have a cesarean um you know i just had to go upstairs mm -hmm. the doctor was there the anesthetist was there everything was there um i guess for rural women you know sometimes if you're birthing in rural places sometimes it's you know there isn't a doctor or that you know there's always a doctor there but you know there is an anaesthetist or if you know something happens in an emergency um i guess we were lucky our emergency cesarean wasn't an emergency emergency um mm. but i just think if it if it was for us it would have been very stressful um for me um yeah i think as a rural women woman birthing in a rural area um or even where you choose to birth you just have to think about you know what you want and it is your entirely your choice um and yeah. no one can tell you you know how you should birth where you should birth what you should do um yeah i think if you can find out as much information um about your different options um and then just find what sits what works best for you i'm very lucky that we could stay with my mum i know that that's um you know very different for lots of people that don't have someone in a 
in a larger area if you don't have, you know, free accommodation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you just think about what what you and your partner want rather than maybe what other people are saying you should do. You know, I guess we probably did have a bit of, you know, comments about, oh, going to the coast, you know, we have a perfect, and we do, we have a perfectly good facility um, in Roma. It is, you know, amazing, yeah. um, but it just wasn't our choice. And I think that's the thing. You just have to know that, you know, you do have choices. Yeah. And taking on what's useful to you and leaving the rest behind is, is very yeah. useful advice. I think for yeah. every kind of life scenario, um, you know, I've said it to my sister about her upcoming wedding plans, like just drop everything that's not useful to you and take everything that is. Like you don't need to give it any energy. And I think that's the same for birth. But like, look, search, ask and listen but if people are going to fill your space with stuff that's going to kind of empty your cup and not make you feel good or cause you worry drop those <laughs> take what's useful definitely. for you yeah definitely definitely i think i don't know definitely one time in your life that you can be completely selfish about you know you and your baby um you know or you your partner and your baby um because i think definitely for me, um, having a, a calming frame of mind around our birth and having the experience that we did, even though it didn't go to plan, um, but I felt calm about it. Mm. When I went into motherhood, I felt calm and in a way ready to take on the world because I feel like, I don't know, it seems weird, but when you have a baby, you kind of feel like a superwoman. sharing her rural birth story and for breaking down stigmas surrounding cesarean and sharing how she was still able to use her yoga for birth training to great success in her birth and into motherhood. We wish her all the best with her upcoming pregnancy and birth of her second child. If you would like to share your rural birth story, please get in touch on Instagram at rural underscore births or via email, ruralbirths at gmail.com. And again, thank you for listening.